on the Media Savvy podcast, nailed by a question. What to do when you get asked a question for which you are the subject matter expert, but a question that you can't or, for whatever reason, don't want to answer. Now, to look into this topic specifically, let's have a look back at the Sophie Ridge program in the United Kingdom just last Sunday. At issue was the Sue Gray report, the recent report into COVID parties that happened under the auspices of Number 10 Downing Street during the COVID lockdown. In essence, it seemed that quite a number of the Prime Minister's staffers were partying and mixing and milling just at a time that the rest of the country was social distancing on lockdown. Now, in Sophie Ridge's interview, she was speaking with Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi, and she asked him repeatedly about who called a meeting, a specific meeting, at issue here in the Sue Gray report. Have a listen to how Zahawi responds. This is a meeting that has been in the press since Sky News broke on Friday night. So it would be, I think, fair of us to uh, assume that you will have asked a bit of this to number 10 when you know that you're going to go and be their spokesperson this morning. The reason I'm asking who called the meeting is because initially journalists were briefed that it was Sue Gray. Her spokesperson then had to come out and basically push back on that to say it wasn't true, that she didn't initiate this meeting. So who did call the meeting? All I can say to you is... Um, the meeting that took place between Sue Gray and the Prime Minister. Um, I can't tell you um, who called the meeting because so why, why I don't... Can't I don't you, because did you not ask the question of number 10 before you came on this morning? Or did they just not tell you the answer? No, I, I tell you what the answer is. The answer is very simple. The answer is the Prime Minister will never intervene in Sue Gray's uh, investigation. The Prime Minister wants Sue Gray to, to basically go wherever the evidence takes her. Look, and I don't think, ultimately... Who called the, the meeting? Well... Do you you say you don't know, but sorry, well, do, I'm do, saying to you... Do you not know who called the meeting because you didn't ask the question or because number 10 didn't tell you the answer? No, but if, if Sue Gray decides that, um, you know, when she publishes, she decides, you know, how she's going to deliver her final report... That's a completely that's up to Sue different Gray. question. But, no, but what I'm saying to you is, ultimately, there are two facts that your viewers need to know. One... The Prime Minister does not, did not, would never intervene in this report. He wants Sue Gray to publish her report. Secondly, I've worked with Sue Gray. I know Sue Gray. Sue Gray's integrity is beyond question. So you're asking our viewers to accept that the Prime Minister did not intervene in this report, right? Absolutely right. Okay. Absolutely right. And and I I just feel that most of our viewers viewers would have more confidence in that assertion if number 10 could be straight with them about who called this meeting. And they're not being straight. Who called the meeting? Well, hold on a second. It's fairly obvious to the casual observer that Zahawi didn't want to answer the question. Sophie Ridge asked him several times, but got stonewalled every time. Clearly, Zahawi's credibility would not have been enhanced by this television appearance. If anything, what he would have done is promote the idea that politicians are never honest, that they're never answering questions, that they always seem to be evasive about the questions and just get on in there with their corporate messaging or their talking points. So how could Zahawi have handled it differently? Well, to understand this uh, and the answer to this question, you have to first consider what happens in the mind of a journalist when you asked it. Because as a journalist asking the questions, you have several objectives. 
Clearly, the first one is to get an answer to your question. Your whole point of the interview is to make sure that you collect more information on behalf of your viewer or reader. That's kind of obvious. But when you look deeper into the motivations of the reporter, you soon find that getting answers is not the only reason why journalists ask questions. For some journalists, of course, it's all about the sport of making a guest squirm on camera. There's a certain entertainment value, much like when you watch a boxing match. But for journalists, asking the question is half the battle won. Getting the answer, of course, that's what we want. But if the guest is unable to answer the question, at least acknowledging it goes some way towards identifying them as a credible spokesperson. The problem for Zahawi was that he didn't even acknowledge the question in any meaningful way. Instead, what did he do? He kept cutting back to his messaging, his talking points. That then provided the front of attack for Sophie Ridge to keep hammering him on the same question. There are different ways in which you can acknowledge the question to at least communicate that you've heard it and that you're going to attempt to answer it. One is to agree with the question. One is to, in fact, comment about the question. Another way is, of course, just to answer it. But in Zahawi's case, that was clearly not what, something that he wanted to do. At least acknowledging the question satisfies part of that itch that you have as a reporter to be heard and for your question to be answered. As a reporter, sometimes you're willing to let a guest get away with not answering it, if at least they have done you the courtesy of acknowledging it. Absent that, and you have a reporter who goes after you, and that unfortunately then leads to the sport in interviews, the sport of watching an interview guest squirm, the sport of having a video clip like this do the rounds on Twitter because it shows off that you, the politician or corporate spokesperson, weren't willing to answer it. If you at least acknowledge the question, then that sport is reduced. That particular conflict that arises in the interviews simply then doesn't take place. You may not still keep the journalist happy with your response, but at the very least, you're not adding to all of the concerns that people have, that viewers have, that politicians don't answer questions. Email me with your thoughts and comments on this particular interview. How would you have answered it? And if you have thoughts too as a journalist as to what you think of corporate spokespeople who don't respond to questions, please leave me your comments in the space provided. I'm Mark Laudy with the Media Savvy Podcast.